Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Gordo, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Jake, today? Uh, I'm doing fine. Doing well. It's hot. It's it hot is out hot. There. I like it. I'm not going to complain about it. I've uh, been waiting for it to heat up a little bit. How hot is it? Do we know? I, I heard on the news that it could possibly hit... 100 degrees. It was 102 at Ooh. the track station here an hour ago. Okay. On that uh, thing that's standing in the ground. Okay, so I saw this headline at the uh, sltrib.com today. It said, are you ready? For, this is the headline. Are you ready for this? By 2050, Salt Lake City weather will feel more like Las Vegas, study says. By what year? 2050. Okay. Ow. Oh. I won't be around then, but Jake, you probably will, and Austin will if if, if he uh, nope. takes better care of himself. So I mean, you know, I mean, it's going to get hotter. Terrific. What does that mean for the ski industry? Uh, that's what I wonder too. I don't know, but anyway, uh, this is according- some like it hot. I like it hot. I, I don't necessarily need it hot, hot. I mean, eighties would be perfect. Uh, but I can handle 90s. We get up over our uh, triple digits, and you're now you're now you're getting into that overheated well, I, zone. I certainly don't live in Vegas in the summer for a reason. So this is this news is disconcerting, or is yeah. this uh, one of those fake news things that uh, just designed me. to panic everybody? I mean, I don't know. Every time I bring up any kind of study, uh, then I get uh, I get the uh, incredulous treatment from Austin. So I I don't know. That's just what the headline says. So mm. I imagine it's from somebody who, you know. Was it the failing New York Times? Or? What they're what they're doing. <laughs> no, it was, done, it was done by, it's done by a climatologist or something, you know. Where's oh, you it? subscribe to that, they're, do you? They're tracking all that stuff. Where's his funding come from? Who? The, this, uh, this weather person. Oh, uh, why? You think he's uh, sponsored by some air conditioning company or Probably something? something like that, yeah. Well, you are really skeptical. Well, I mean, nigh on the cynical. Even the tobacco companies back in the day could find scientists who were like, "Oh, yeah, this is totally good for you, actually." Well, here, let me see what it says. I will give you the details. Uh, it says here, in just more than thirty years, the weather in Salt Lake will feel more like Vegas, with the warmest month increasing by ten degrees. This is according to a new global analysis of how some cities' weather will shift under climate change. The National Weather Service says the warmest month in Salt Lake City has an average temperature of 91 degrees. That means 30 years from now, the average temperature during the warmest month would be 101. Hmm. In other words, it'd be like today. Very hot. Yes, indeed. Hans almost hit me with his truck today. That was interesting. Uh, really? 
well, I was crossing the street, and he thought it'd be funny just to, you know, get right up on me and, and honk the horn in his giant truck loud. You should have fell down and sued him. Oh, I jumped the nearly— thought, The thought went through your mind, I bet. Jumped out of my skin, pretty much. And I I mean, Hans is driving around in this giant truck with, with tinted windows. I had no idea it was Hans until I could— faintly make it out uh, after probably about five to ten seconds. Is Hans driving some big old truck with big wheels on it? And uh-huh. the, you know, the thing where you're over, overcompen- you're compensating. Where you're compensating for something? Yeah. Uh, uh, he's driving a big truck. It's for the gas mileage to Saratoga Springs. Oh, yeah. He must be paying a fortune. An absolute fortune. Because he's out in, in further now. He's past oh, Saratoga right. Springs. Now, I read, he's in West Saratoga. I somewhere where a pickup truck like a certain brand, I think it's Ford. Ford's pickup truck is like the number one selling vehicle in America or something like that. Is that true? Has been for about a decade. Yeah, yeah. a long, a long time. A pickup truck? Yeah. Why? We like I mean, our I mean I've, I've wanted truck. I mean, I've told you I'm thinking about a truck sometime, but uh, I, I just that surprises me because there's a lot of people who are just sort of city commuters and whatnot. Yeah, but you know what American automakers really know how to make, right? Trucks. Oh, they don't know how to make other cars? Well, they do, but there's a lot more competition, right? I suppose. I mean, Ford and Chevy, et cetera, make sedans and crossovers and all those sorts of things, but so does Honda and Toyota and Mercedes and uh, Porsche and Ferrari in your case. I I just uh, – that's it's, I know that there, there, are, there are useful purposes for trucks, but I would not necessarily think that that would be the number one selling vehicle of any type – in the entire land of ours, so I mean, I you know, it's it's good that people I, they're useful to some extent, but it's not like all these city slickers around here are like you know, go get in the truck, you know, and they're hauling lumber around. What exactly would you use a truck for? Uh, pull a boat. Okay, all right. You to could, where you could do that with an SUV. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you need a big old SUV for that, and I don't... Do you need a flatbed, like a truck, to, to do that, though? See, I'm trying to justify a reason to get a truck. I know, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you know, maybe I'd put the lawn equipment back there sometime. Maybe the, a few shovels. The lawn equipment? Maybe the dog I don't have anymore. Put the dog in the back. Man, we have this upbeat segment, and Gordon has to go and bring up a... A dog dying. A dog dying. dying. <laughs> We're having a real upbeat time. Having a, they you do know, this to me every time, <laughs> man. Get Don on the phone. And about those pictures. All uh, right. The people who aren't familiar with the Casey Kasem bit aren't getting this, but yeah. Does everyone have a little truck envy somewhere deep down inside? Even people who are city dwellers? Uh, I've never wanted a truck because I never wanted to help people move. Yeah, that's what people say, but that's that's overblown. <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo <laughs> numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions, and then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what they do it for, but <laughs> we can't come out of a slow record. I don't understand it. Do it me to neither. me every time, man. Yeah. Is Don on the phone? Casey, you know, having corresponded with Casey, I feel, feel his pain. Here having an upbeat segment, and then Gordon has to go up and <laughs> bring up his dead dog. You know, okay, let me put it this way. <laughs> Excuse me. If we could if we could get our listeners to uh, call in on the open mic 
and please give me the number one reason for owning a truck. I would appreciate it. And who knows? Maybe they'll talk you into getting a truck. Well, maybe I, Austin will end up with a truck. And we'll all drive trucks. And not come out of a record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and i got to talk about a dog dying. <laughs> and when my dog dies, I can throw him in the back of the truck and take him down to the vet. See, I think most people would say they'd use it to haul equipment and, and so forth, but you, do, you don't really have Well, some people, yeah, but you see that. those pretty boy trucks, too. You see those fancy, one of those, fancy trucks. Huh? I mean... For instance, what's a pit pretty boy truck? Oh, you've seen the dolled up trucks, haven't you? They're darn near bejeweled. Have you seen those? <laughs> I, I think so. Bejeweled? Guys, I, I, <laughs> what? I think, you know the Axe body spray line no, of, of I, the I, trucks. I think some some guys have a work truck, and then they got they got the fancy truck. So, like when they're taking the the significant other, the the, the girlfriend, whatever, out, or or if it's a woman, the boyfriend or a girlfriend, whatever. Anything Thank goes. You for clarifying. Uh, you just take whoever you want. I don't care. We're not judging. No. Just pick whoever you want in the bejeweled, bedazzled truck. Put them in there. Really? What? What? Are we living on the same planet? Yes, we are. Are we? Are, yeah, are we are sharing an existence right on, now. here on okay. Earth? Okay. Prove to these guys also on that open mic. Those are you truck owners. Prove to these guys that you have a you have a, a uh, you have a, a tuxedo truck. And you got yourself your work truck, too. Work truck and, uh, how'd you put, bejeweled truck? Bejeweled or, you know, whatever. Pretty it up. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. You've seen the pimped out rides. A pretty boy truck. I, I don't, no. No. Uh, no. I guess you have. So, don't, so don't anybody no. with, a, with a pretty boy truck also has another truck? Yeah, yeah, because you got to have your work truck, you know, to haul your stuff. Uh-huh. To, you know, throw the, throw the rocks in the back. Or whatever you're hauling. Because uh-huh. you know, Jake, if you can afford one truck, you can afford two. You know, some people might have a dual-role kind of truck, a two-way truck, a truck that plays both ends. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> We're not judging, again. No. Can you shoot it and can defend? Both. You're like Jerry Seinfeld for stuff that actually doesn't exist. <laughs> You ever never it notice never notice the the folks that have their work truck and uh, their pretty boy truck too? What's up with that? Uh, they, they do. I'm telling you. What's the deal with the bedouled trucks? People have them. <laughs> I, I I don't you know. And don't be bashful about it. Go ahead and call in, Austin. You'll see the calls will roll in because Utah has some truck owners. The non-observational comedy. And they've got and they've got all kinds of trucks. They got the trucks, like I said, the useful trucks, and they got the trucks. They're gonna, you know, knock the socks off the the the, uh, the love interest. Okay, all right. Because you don't want to show up uh, down at the, uh, you know, at the uh, the sock hop. You know the what do they what do the country what what do the country folks go to the sock hop? <laughs> I'm not that old. What are the, what are the country what what are those things used to be called? You know the dance. Uh huh. A hoedown. A hoedown. Sure. You want to show up at the hoedown with some beat-up truck, bunch of mud on it and whatnot? I'm telling you. Really? At the hoedown? Uh, That's not you, the place for all, the mud on the truck? All you countrified folks, call in on Why that. do you have to be a countrified person to, well, to own a truck? Well, you don't, but there are some who live on ranches and farms and in agricultural community. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So, Jake, when Hans almost ran you over with his truck, was it bejeweled? No, it was white. Ah, 
I still don't know. I, I, I mean, a white truck we, can be bejeweled. What are we picturing with with bejeweled? The, with the fancy rims and the, the you know the the the, uh, the rhinestones. You know, they got all the <laughs> on the back all pocket. The, all the doodads. You know, you got the chrome treatment. Or you know what I'm saying? You've seen it. You've seen those trucks. They're around. But I see if you're going to drive that kind of truck, then you got to, you know, you got to have some calluses on your hands too, because you got to prove that you got the other stuff going on as well. Because you don't want to, if you're, you know, if you're a city slicker, you don't want to get some souped-up truck and drive it around and then drive into the office every day and push papers. See, I would guess that happens a lot. Uh, do you think? Uh huh. Well, then why are they driving the truck? Why would you be driving a truck? Why would you want to get a truck? I already told you for hauling lumber and stuff. You don't haul any lumber. You don't haul anything. On occasion, I wish I had a truck and use a truck. You know, hauling that boat. Lisa, come get this lumber out of the truck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, Uh, well. I'll tell you, my wife's getting stronger and stronger. She can haul a lot of lumber. She can haul a lot of equipment out of the back of that truck. She's working out, you know, pumping iron and whatnot. Wow. Uh, of all the compliments you've given Lisa, that might be my favorite. You know, she can haul a lot of lumber. <laughs> i got to tip my hat to her. <laughs> she can haul lumber. All you truck owners, call in. No. Inform these guys. You guys don't know. I mean, oh, the phone man. lines are banked. They uh, are. Yeah. See, I'm I, telling you. I don't want to answer them. <laughs> Do it. Come on. we got to get to the bottom of this. You can't drive more than 20 feet or, you know, 100 yards on the freeway without seeing a truck, a pickup truck. Yeah, and you were the one who was surprised that they, they've sold so many. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not surprised because I see it, but I'm surprised of the usefulness for it. Uh, okay, Jordan is on the phone lines. Hello, Jordan. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. How are you? Good, yeah, good. Yeah, just you, love listening to the radio with you guys. Are you a truck owner? Yes. What do you drive? Yes. Uh, Ford F one fifty. Oh, yeah, that's a popular one. And it is one. bedazzled, or sorry, bejeweled, as Gordon would it say. It is bejeweled. How so? What did you do to it? <laughs> it's just got a suspension. Oh, so you got it yeah. jacked up high, and it rides like you're up above everybody. Yeah, the whole purpose is that it makes me feel good. You know. uh like that guy at the bagel shop. Short people like that really need those kinds of trucks. <laughs> that little boost, yeah. That yeah, makes some sense. Uh, Jordan, thank so, you Jordan, for the phone call. Jordan, should I get a truck? Would you recommend it? I think yes, we might. definitely. All right, All right uh, good. There you go. All right, Jordan recommends a, a truck. Thank you, Jordan. Now, we didn't ask We didn't ask him if he had two. But, uh, do you want to ask Le- Levi? Le- Levi's on the line. Levi, are you a truck owner? What are you driving? I got... Three F-150s, and I'll tell you why. Ooh, three. Three. You got, like, you right, I'm a farmer. You got to have one for the farm. Okay. And then I got my pretty boy truck. He's right. You got to go the Raptor style there. Oh, Raptor. <laughs> yeah, that is a mean looking. You got a Raptor? You have to. Ooh, sweet. But, but here's the reason for the third truck. The problem with owning the truck is now you're everybody's moving buddy. You have uh-huh. all new friends. Uh-huh. So you got to. So I have a retired farm truck. You got to keep around. That say, yeah, here's the keys. Come pick it up. Let me know when you're done. Oh man, now that's some good thinking. Genius on Levi's part. Cause what, that would be a problem. Now, Levi, what kind of farmer are you? Because it sounds like you've got some resources. I'm out there right now. Organic wheat. Wow. Oh. 
All right. All right. Thank you for the phone call, Levi. And, and once again, it comes back to money with you. Why does it? You sound like no, you have some resources trucks. there. He's got three Boy, trucks. What do you do? Anything I could get a piece of? Let's get to Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hello. Kathy, are you a truck owner? What are you driving? I drive a Dodge Ram. Oh. Hey. And with the Hemi engine. Oh, sweet. What do you haul? Camping gear. Camping gear, yes. Yard yes. trimmings. Oh, yeah. Whatever I decide to. Okay. okay. Now, is it that which uh, which Ram are you driving? You got the Hemi in there, but which uh, is it the mo- which model is it? I mean, is it the like the real heavy duty? The difference. Yeah, there's uh, I do know the difference, sort of. It, it's not the most heavy duty. No, it's uh, just the standard. Do you? Uh, but if I want, go ahead. I was just going to say, if I wanted to tow a trailer with it, I could. Yeah, I bet you could. Yeah, see. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for the phone call. And thank you very much for listening. We appreciate no, no, it. I'm, no, what are you talking about? This is good. This is therapeutic. I'm learning here. Alan's going to tell me why I need a truck. Hey, Gordon, you got to have a truck just to haul stuff and to be a man, really. Can't be a <laughs> can't be a man without a pickup. <laughs> what are you driving? What are you driving? We, we drive a, a Ram three-quarter ton. All right. Okay. And that's, and, go, but, but, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. I just uh, I wanted to hear your truck story. It's fine. It's all right. No, I've, I've, I've owned a truck ever since I was married, you know, just different trucks. We, mm. we used to be Ford people, you know, but um, we had a Lemon, so we switched to Dodge, which I really like. Mm. Okay. And, uh, of course, we have a ranch and for everything, hauling water, stock trade. All right. See? Thank yeah. you for the phone call. And it makes you feel more like you feel uh, alive. See, but all these people calling in describing what they do with their trucks, you don't do any of that. Well, I haul stuff. Could do. I could. <laughs> I could. When was the Your last laptop? Time? When was the last time you went camping? <laughs> was that Kathy who said that she liked to haul around camping gear? When was the last time you needed my to haul around want, camping my, gear? My kids want me to take them camping now. And you know? when has that so maybe I'll, maybe I'll go out and get one of those big old camping trailers or something. Then you got to have a truck to haul that sucker around. Yeah, that's the thing. the The possibilities are endless. Uh, right. Do Who's, we? Who we got? Alan, Chris. All right. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Yes. What are you driving? Uh, Dodge Ram Cummins. That's a big one, right? Yeah. Three-quarter ton. Yeah, see, that's... But, uh, go ahead. I called in... Last time I called in, Gordon asked me how much money I make because we're a packager <laughs> and stuff, so I didn't get a chance to say I couldn't afford a hubcap for his car, and I think he probably needs a truck just to haul his money to the bank, buddy. <laughs> oh, Bozzy! Wow. Chris from the top rope. Thank wow. you for the phone call once again, Chris. We appreciate it. Yeah, well, well, I appreciate it. I, oh, I definitely appreciate yeah, it. I, I, I def- didn't appreciate it at all. No. It's just not true. I got, all right, uh, I, I'll get an itty bitty little truck. You asked our farmer friend about his resources. Well, he has three trucks. I figure he must, you know, have something. He said organic wheat, by the way. Wheat with yeah. a T, so. Yeah. I think you may have thought something Did else. you think no. he was growing weed? 
No, no. I thought oh. I said wheat. Okay. Mm. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we know your affinity for <laughs> grass. I'm a sucker for grass. <laughs> so, Come on. Uh, Boy. Well, did you say organic weed? Sounds like I, you have some resources there. Keep keep, keep those calls coming. And, no, uh, no, well, no. Don't. Well, we'll take them on the, uh, on, the, uh, on the open mic. We'll take them at 7.05. No, tonight. call. Call away. Don't listen to Austin. Just call. I need, I need every bit of advice I can get. I mean, I'm inspired by our callers that called in. Inspired. Yes, I'm edging closer to getting one of these things. Which one? Who was it who said if you're if you view yourself with a certain amount of masculinity, you got to have a truck? And then Kathy co- covered the other side of it. You know, women are out there driving trucks too. Maybe she could lease a truck. She'd have more use for it <laughs> out of the two of you. Make it easier for her to go get that mulch. Head on that down you to spread. Home Depot and load that uh, truck up, honey. <laughs> Bring it on back. I got to write. I got to call him. I got to bang out, or I'd, I'd be right there helping you. <laughs> it's funny because you know what kind of car she drives. Uh-huh. And uh, when she picked up the mulch that time, it was all loaded up with that stuff. You know, every bit, every corner, every seat, everything stacked up with all this. So maybe she could use a truck. That's not a bad idea. I'll ask her about that. Stay tuned. We will get into sports coming up next. We'll talk some NBA. Trucking is sporting. Some jazz. Gordon uh, has a column out today, sltrib.com. We will talk about that. Also mix in some college football. It's all straight ahead on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Time now to talk college football with Phil Steele. Well, certainly with BYU, the way they do things as an independent, they have to schedule tough forecasts as far as what they can do just in the first month. Only team in the country to play four Power 5 teams in the first four weeks of the season. They're probably going to end up an underdog in all four of those games. But I like this BYU squad. They've got 17 returning starters coming back and really impressed with Zach Wilson. I think if Zach Wilson can continue to keep that arrow pointed upward and improve, they've got the potential here. And I think they could steal a game or two. So my official call on the opening four games is going to be either one or two wins, and that would probably involve two upsets. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. From a mile away She got her big wheels turning She got Oklahoma plates She got a sunroof up She got a window rolled down And you ought to feel the ground Shaking when she comes to town Yeah, I'm in love with the girl Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day today. We're going to play songs about trucks in honor of Gordon. And it's brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Also, remind you, uh, comedians Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan are coming to USANA Amphitheater this summer for a one-night-only show on Saturday, August 3rd. Tickets will go on sale to the general public on Saturday, this Saturday, July 13th at 10 o'clock a.m. 
Uh, glad we're having truck songs today. That was one of the more unique ways we've ever started a show, Gordon. It I congratulate you. A little bit outside the box, but that's okay to do that. It's July. It's July 11th, for crying out loud. I, you know, do you think that people who drive trucks, does it make them feel, you know, does it, who, who sang the song, She Thinks My Truck is Sexy? No, that's Tractor. Correct. Oh, Tractor, that's right. You know, being a big truck, truck guy, you, tractor. you probably should know that. Not a big truck guy. That's a problem. I'm trying to educate myself. You know, my tractor is sexy. Not my truck, but they're, they're close. I like uh, I like Matt's tweet here, uh, where he says, um, "Where'd it go?" He said something like, "What show is this? Is this the Car Sense on Saturday?" Oh, <laughs> which you can catch uh, starring Austin Horton and Jeff Miller from ten to noon each and every Saturday, right here on the Zone Sports Network. You know, I think there would be something attractive about a woman driving a truck, don't you? I I don't think it's really necessary. I mean, what difference does it make whether she's driving a truck know. or not? I'm just talking about it in a peripheral way. Okay. Because uh, a lot of guys, they want to drive a truck, and it, it does make them. It's not a tractor, but they feel sexy driving their truck. Okay. All right. Uh, Gordon, can we should we talk a little, little basketball? Sure. A little NBA. Not a ton of news out there in the NBA today. Certainly... Uh, uh, not a ton that affect the Utah Jazz. We're still waiting to make uh, the or for the Jazz to make the Ed Davis and Emmanuel Moutier signings uh, official. That has not uh, quite happened yet. But something that happened yesterday, uh, Gordon, that we didn't get a ton of time to uh, to talk about, and that's Kawhi Leonard, who did not opt for the full four-year max deal from the LA Clippers. Now that the dust is settling a little bit, it's going to be a two-year deal with a third-year. That is a uh, a player option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, putting this into some conversations that we've had over the past couple of days about how kind of the NBA works, you know, one thing that surprises me about this, and if you look back um, at what Kawhi Leonard could have been paid if he would have stayed in San Antonio and gone the Supermax route, he, he left um, over $100 million on the table by – behaving the way that he has in the past couple of years, getting traded to Toronto and then signing you know, a, a free agent deal with the Clippers that doesn't have bird rights and those sorts of things. And mm. I wonder, because you know me, I'm rooting for players to be as greedy as possible. I think that's where the Jazz actually have their opportunity to get free agents, that sort of thing, when they can pay the most money. And uh, what do you make of, because Kevin Durant left a sizable sum when he went to the Warriors, what do you make of the financial ramifications of all this that are you surprised that players are deciding to do what they're doing even though it is costing them significantly in the pocketbook well i mean i don't think any of them are hurting financially so i mean when you have when you've already banked 200 million then what's 20 million to you you know i mean i I don't know how motivational that is compared to other things that might come into play i think the reason that uh that Kawhi is doing that is because he he wants the flexibility. He doesn't want he wants to check it out and see how it goes, and he doesn't want to find himself in a situation that's uh, uh, to his disliking. So, yeah, I get it. Uh, what what does Kawhi care? So, what do you get? One hundred and three million instead of one hundred and forty? Right. Well, I mean, if he would have stayed with the Spurs, it would have been even significantly more But I'm more talking about this latest one. With the extra year that he's yeah. not picking up. Yeah. So he'd rather have the flexibility than the money. And let's say that Kawhi went out and broke his leg or something, and he couldn't play anymore. 
Well, dude's already got a ton of money, so it's it's a risk relative to the economic costs or potential costs uh, or losses. But he's moving forward uh, feeling pretty good about his situation and his station, and he wants the control. Of course, with him, uh, the contract doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, he wanted out of San Antonio, and he was going to make that happen. Either right. he or what's his uncle's name, Dennis Robertson or something? Right. By the way, did you see the uh, the information that the, the GM of Toronto, what's the guy's name? Masai Ujiri. Yeah. Ujiri. He said that uh, Kawhi's camp was asking for, quote, unreasonable things. I did not see that. That's interesting. Yeah. And so then it, what was the, the question then became, okay, what's unreasonable? What was what could Kawhi? And it was also interesting because he said that Kawhi was was transparent, but he was kind of hinting that his representatives were not. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, because I, I, his representatives have had some shady behavior throughout all of this. There's shady behavior with uh, their their relationship with the Spurs. So what do you think? What 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 could he possibly have been asking for? That was quote unquote unreasonable. Would would he be asking for a bull full of only green M and M's? Part of the franchise, maybe. I don't think that you can do that under the collective bargaining huh. agreement. What, what would be? I, that, I just, that's, when I saw the word unreasonable, I thought, okay, what does that mean? Right, because I don't know what he could be. I mean, NBA contracts, especially the max ones, are laid out pretty. I mean, there's not a whole lot of room for negotiations there. I was told that Carl Malone wanted two bowls of fresh fruit in his uh, hotel yeah. room. Don't know if that's – I never talked with Carl about it. But sometimes, you know, who knows? I don't know what representatives are putting in there or his uncle is saying. Uh, and he figures, okay, he really doesn't want to stay in Toronto, so he might as well ask for – Ask for the world? Yeah. I, I don't know. But but what is what's concerning to me about these players leaving all this money on the on the table, Gordon, to kind of bring this full circle just for a second, is that's the leverage that small market teams yeah. have. That's what they've built into the collective bargaining agreement to keep players incentivized to stay where they are, as opposed to migrating like this and migrating to the bigger markets and the more desirable markets. And if if the the value of a dollar is not incentive enough. I don't know what the NBA does. And Adam Silver made some comments the other day that he's not real wild about it, and how uh, things are are transaction or transactions are made in the NBA nowadays. Not wild about the tampering, but I don't I don't know what they do. I I. That's why I've always liked the, and I know players hate this, and this is such an uh, aside, you know, an anti-player kind of thing. But I've always loved the franchise tag in the NFL. I really have. Hmm. I wonder if they could ever bring something like that to the NBA. I think would be extremely valuable. But I mean, there's no way the players would ever go for anything like that, especially now. Yeah. But how do you how do you incentivize to keep players? With their teams that have drafted and developed them, because well, I, I do think it's yeah. an issue. Yeah, I'm not sure. How, what's you, you say the value of a dollar? Well, what's the value of a dollar when you got a billion of them? Except for these guys, don't have a well, billion. Well, yeah, dollars. but they have they have a lot, and with shoe deals and everything else that comes with certain. And we're talking about players who are in position of power. Well, why are half of them going broke as soon as they retire? Is that really true? Did you ever watch that ESPN 30 for 30, the money one? I think it's pretty true. Well, it's expensive being rich. I mean, you look at somebody like Antoine Walker. Have you read about him? Yeah. 
mm-hmm. or Allen Iverson. I mean, how much money did that guy make in his career? And he's basically flat broke after a couple of years being out of the league. Terrell sure. Owens? He's really flat broke. I, I think it's more relative to what he, what he made, you know. I still think he has resources. Oh, I think. I, I, I don't want to slander anything, so I'd have to go back and look it up, but I'm pretty sure there was some bankruptcy details with mm-hmm. AI and some things like that. I mean, a lot of... Well, bankruptcy doesn't mean broke. Yeah. No, it doesn't, but you get... Anyway. Yeah. We're I going mean, down would, the rabbit would, hole here, but... You would expect but, financial issues to, to crop up. But, I mean, it, let's say, and, and just to use people, uh, you know, players people are familiar with, not, not trying to raise any alarm bells or anything, but if the Jazz want to keep Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert... Uh, for the long term after this rookie process is over with both of them. I mean, that is their leverage. Their leverage is is financial. And, of course, you know, there, there are things like the you hope they like the community and the culture and those sorts of things. But we can't bring, we being Utahns, can't bring to the table what Southern California can bring to the table or, or New York or whatever. So the Jazz advantage in retaining these guys is, is all financial. And if that is not carrying the weight that it used to, is there anything else that can be done to encourage these guys to, to stay? in smaller market teams stay with smaller market teams it's a heck of a question i'm not quite sure one of our uh listeners uh he tweets in he said he probably wanted his own jet to fly the games private hmm. maybe that i i wonder uh, that probably could be worked out i i'm you know i don't know i don't know and for, maybe each player is different but based on what we've seen jake even if you pay, even if guys were willing to accept more money, it sounds so funny to say it that way, doesn't it? But, I mean, if you sign a contract, these guys know that they can bail anytime they want. Just lean on the franchise and get out. Say, I don't, hey, I don't want to play here anymore. And what's the franchise going to do? Is there a franchise in the NBA that would say, sorry, we're not going to accommodate you? Even if someone doesn't want to be somewhere, well, we saw New Orleans come as close to forcing that issue with Anthony Davis as I think we've well, seen anybody. What, but well, uh, what happened? Yeah, he right. Ended up getting traded, and it was a disaster, by the way. Yeah, the back part of that season was embarrassing for the NBA, for New Orleans, for Anthony Davis, for everyone. Where they they went through that dog and pony show of him playing 15 minutes a game because Adam Silver said that he had to play. We're I mean, talking, that was a joke. We're talking about elite players here now. I mean, this is rarefied air. Not every player can pull this kind of crap off, or maybe they could, but it wouldn't matter to teams so much. But when you are one of the top 15 players in the league, now you've got – it seems as though you've got all the power and you can do whatever you want. You know, I, I was – trying to go through this in my mind the other day and maybe you Austin you can help think of somebody can you think of a player that's forced his way out of one place via trade not free agency but via trade where it's worked out uh did it work out for Paul George going to Oklahoma City yeah. um no, I mean they didn't win a title. They didn't win well, anything. I mean, they didn't get well, out of the first round. They didn't get out of the first round. I wouldn't say that worked. Yeah, but that's a that's okay. That's a high standard for defining something as worth. And he's out. forced his way out of Oklahoma City yeah. now, and yeah. so we'll see how it goes with the Clippers. Maybe I mean, maybe it works out. But think back. I mean, Carmelo Anthony going to the Knicks that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Did Wayne Gretzky force his way? Uh, I guess I was only thinking about the NBA. I don't know about about hockey because he played it off as though he was real heartbroken, but. But he wanted to go to L.A. Patrick Waugh forced his way out of Montreal and won a couple Stanley Cups. 
But in the NBA, think of those players that have forced their way out of places, and it it doesn't work out Jimmy really. Butler, no, not really. Oh, certainly not. I mean, uh, um, uh, Chris Paul forced his way out of New Orleans and ended up with the Clippers. That kind of worked out, I guess. Well, how do you define working out? Because if these players want out of a situation, that's their big motivation is to get away from something that is unsuitable for them. Not always. Mello, uh, Mello picked New York. He forced his way to a certain destination. But uh, well, I guess Toronto based, Kawhi fight. based on what Chauncey said, all he wanted to do was score. Yep. Kawhi forcing his way to Toronto obviously worked. Yeah, for both sides. You know, I liked uh, I liked the attitude of the Toronto front office because they essentially were saying, "Hey, man, okay, we that's life. That's life in the NBA. They lose Kawhi, and what do they say? Uh, no biggie. We'll just move on." It is a biggie, but I like the attitude. I want teams to feel that way, that they can move on, that there's something they can do, especially when it's a situation like that where it's outside of their control. Yeah. I mean, if a, if a franchise is badly run, then I don't like badly run franchises to have the power over the players. But a franchise that's doing everything it can to make a situation good for one of its stars, then I think they should be rewarded for that, you know? And that's your whole point here. You want them to be rewarded with cash, and you want them to appreciate that and to be uh, to be guided by it. Right. And it's becoming less important, that total number. Because it's so much. I mean, if you're making two, $300 million on your shoe deal, like some of these star players are, then what's an extra... 30 million here or there. Want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air. They are looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero team. Paid training, health, dental benefits, and 401k match. Call today and join the Action Plumbing Superhero team. 801-833-3333 at Action Plumbing. So, Jake, when you watch those truck commercials and they show the, the studly American male out there, you know, in his... Uh, work jeans and his cowboy hat does that speak to you does that do you would you look at that and think i need to be that kind of the 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 quasi marlboro marlboro man kind Uh, of thing no i'm pretty comfortable with who i am okay well, I know these material things and appearances are really important to you, no, but no, that's I, not I, no, all I, I of didn't us. say it was. I'm asking you the question. I'm fine with a beat-up Sonata, man. I'm, I like who I am. Okay. Two hundred Past 215,000 miles on Jake the street, says, by the way. You know, I'm already married. I'm perfectly happy with who I am. Oh, you're looking at somebody letting themselves go for sure. <laughs> I'm in that slow downward spiral. And I'm going there in an 09 Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> Even your wife wants you to get a new car. She does. That's true. But I think I can I can squeeze more time out of this one. I can do it. You are you are a cheap one, man. I don't want to. I don't. We already are having car payments on my wife's car. I don't want two car payments at the same time. Okay, What's the so matter with being, that? You're being financially not, responsible, right? Not all of us can march on down to the Ferrari dealership no, and pull out a sweaty wad of cash and say, "I'd like to drive this one home, please." Now again, you went. Quite literally from zero to 200 miles an hour in like 1.2 seconds. There's a lot of in between there. You know, I'm just saying I can't do that. 
You know, I'm not to you that could. point in my life. You could. I, I could not. You could. What do you mean you, I could? You, you could if you – well, I'm not saying that you could pay cash, for, but, but you could you could upgrade if you – your car's got 200,000 miles on it, Jake. It does. Good healthy miles, And it too. looks like – it looks like a squad of, uh, you know – Guys wielding uh, sledgehammers took uh, took some wax on it. It's a little beat up, yeah. Taking the mirror, the side mirrors off it a couple of times accidentally. You know, stuff happens. <laughs> Stay tuned. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Some guy in a bagel shop just decides he's got <laughs> an axe to grind with a lot of the people. Why is it okay for women to say, oh, you're five feet on dating sites? That's okay? Having been in a similar plight height-wise as this. What are you talking about height-wise? Tony oh, is about like five, one, five, two. Okay, that is not true. I was once turned down for a school dance, though. Uh, a girl <laughs> said yes, and then later on said no. And I said, oh, okay, well, kind of bizarre and she's like no just you're too short people were all mad about it and i was like i'm so glad she was honest about that i really was because then we were gonna go on this date and it was gonna suck disappointing that uh that was the reason but i'm glad it didn't work tony parks and austin horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you, tune into the Tour of Utah podcast at 1280thezone.com. Podcast includes how to train for the summer of cycling and where best to see the upcoming Tour of Utah. Truck, yeah. So glad we're talking about trucks today. Uh, Sven, uh, he tweeted in and he said, Jake can't drive a truck. They're too wide. Wouldn't fit on the cart path. He would be tearing, uh, he'd be, what's that say? Tearing up. Tearing up uh, courses from Heber to Saratoga on the reg. Yeah, I did drive on a golf course once that did. It did happen in the middle of a golf tournament. Did you think that maybe that cart path, uh, that road you thought you were on was getting a little narrow? No, the speaking of the tour of Utah, it's kind of the tour of Utah's fault because we were up doing the. Uh, I think it was it wasn't the zone golf tournament. I think it was the Larry H. Miller Sports and Entertainment Golf Tournament at um, oh up in Soldier uh, Hollow. at Soldier Hollow, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason we were doing it up there was because the tour of Utah was going on, and the stage started at Soldier Hollow. Mm. So I was filling in for DJ and PK. Or right. I think I was filling in for DJ. Anyway, doesn't matter. So I was there for the morning show. So I drove through all the like pits and stuff in the bike race because there wasn't really anybody there. So then after I parked the car, did the shows, whatever, there was a race going on. I couldn't go out the way that I came in. So I asked the dude. I said, I got to get out of here, man. What, what do I got to do? He's like, oh, okay. So here's the thing. You just drive around the clubhouse <laughs> and then keep going. He like pointed. He's like, keep going that way and then you'll be able to, to – Get out. Like, in a sense, like there's a service gate down there or something. You know what I mean? And I just went the wrong way. But the like Gordon just asked, the cart path is quite more narrow than a regular well, was, street. But my point is I was going to have to drive on a cart path either way. Why was your – okay, just explain one thing to me. 
and, and maybe you did, but you didn't do it in detail. Well, how did you end up on a cart path to begin with? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, to get to the service and the golf course service but, entrance, but, you but, have to drive but, on the cart but, path. But, but, you do? Yes, you, you do. have to. You have to, yes. Is it a cart path or is that the service path? Uh, it was pretty much a cart path. <laughs> okay. And when you were driving on the cart path, did you put two wheels on the cart path and two on the grass? Or did you straddle the cart path? No, I tried to I tried to keep at least two wheels on the cart path. I mean, I didn't want to do serious damage. The the really where I look dumb here is how long I went before I realized that I had gone the wrong way. I think you That's, covered about what? Three par five. I went fives? back like three four holes. I really did. <laughs> so far you had to turn your music your radio. I down. did because people were swinging, so it had to be like, oh, better crank that down. <laughs> That's Never mind the timing belt rattling around. But. That that's the dumb part is how long it took me to realize like okay this is not this is not the right way. Yeah. And there were plenty of golfers who were probably looking at this beat up Sonata tooling down yeah, uh, the sixteenth fairway. I've never seen a, a cart path. I mean a, a golf cart like that before. No. That looks like a beat up Sonata. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was. I'm glad we're reliving this. That was quite embarrassing. Thank you. And not to mention that you know the golf tournament was all the executives of the company. So there's that. At least if you were driving a pickup, you would look like maybe you were there to fix a sprinkler. Like, yeah, right. I wish I was driving a pickup at that point. I could be like, oh yeah, just uh, <clears throat> making sure the the turf is <laughs> get out and at, uh, get up out to and standard feel, feel here. The, the, yeah, feel the, the green to make sure just right. All right, uh, Kurt Cragthorpe is going to join us coming up next. Uh, we'll talk Utes with Kurt, uh, kind of uh, get a little preview on camp, which is coming up in uh, just a few weeks. Um, Pac-12 Media Day was two weeks from yesterday, Gordon, so that's coming up in L.A., of course, as always. Yeah, get we'll excited have a, for college football. It's on the way. We'll have a cover for you top to bottom right here on the Zone Radio Network. Kurt's coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.